Welcome everyone to another episode of Mike's House of Movies. This is your host Mike and go right into the thick of things. I'm reviewing Ghostbusters. Yes, the movie that's so badly and so negatively spurted all through the internet. This movie was destined to fail before it even was hatched into the realms of theaters. Was it really that bad? Did Paul Fig and cast of Melissa McCarthy, Leslie Jones, Kate McKinnon, and Kristen Wiig fuck things up so bad that it ruined the franchise, it killed childhood dreams, and it killed Ghostbuster fans forever? No, it didn't, actually. It was actually a pretty decent film. It's actually rather funny throughout, and the cast looks like they're having fun playing the respective Ghostbuster roles. You know, this is not a sequel. A direct sequel, anyways. This is a a, a retooling, reimaging of Ghostbusters. Uh, if you stay for the credits, there's an end credit sequence where I feel like it kind of ties in to the uh, original Ghostbusters. Uh, it's not trying to make a stake as the best Ghostbuster movie ever. It's not trying to take away from from the original. It stands on its own fine and. It, Tips his hat very well, I thought, to the original Ghostbusters. The original Ghostbusters are back in this film as different characters and cameos throughout the movie. I, for one, didn't feel the cameos stalled the movie a lot. A lot of critics were saying that the cameos were forced in and it brought the movie to a grinding halt. I didn't feel that. I felt they were organically put in. I thought they actually worked well. As the movie itself, I thought it was funny. I really enjoyed it. I came out of the movie smiling and happy that I saw it. And I felt that it... uh, captured the heart and feeling of the original Ghostbusters while doing its own thing. It did, to me, feel like a Ghostbusters film. There was ghost busting in it, lots of ghosts, and again, it takes place in New York City. This film started off with a lot of controversy, a lot of negativity, and just plain bad marketing on behalf of Sony. Sony, I mean, the trailers weren't too bad. I didn't mind them too much, but Sony did a really piss-poor job of marketing this film. It almost was set up to fail from the beginning, and then you have the social justice warrior saying you're a misogynist. If you don't like the trailers, if you don't like what's going on, you just don't like it because of women playing Ghostbusters. The thing is, for me, I, I love film, and... There's a lot of films that are near and dear to me, but I don't hold them on such a pedestal to where if something new came from that franchise, I'm just going to immediately, you know, disavow it and disown it and say, you know what, that's that's not, that's sacrilege, that's ruining the franchise, that's going to ruin the childhood memories that's so near and dear to me. It's just crazy. And at the, end, at the end of the day, it's just a film, and that's it. It's pure entertainment. It's a great summer popcorn flick and it's fun and that's what a movie should be in the summer it's great you know nothing everything doesn't have to be a big screaming blockbuster and has to be the best of the best to be an entertainment piece and film for me just needs to entertain me for a couple hours while i switch my mind off and go to a fantasy world which is new york city full of ghosts the cast is hilarious they work well together they have different chemistry on screen one of the breakthrough performances is Chris Hemsworth, who knew that he was that funny. He was hilarious as Kevin, the secretary. And with the Ghostbusters, I found that Kate McKinnon stood out the most. She was hilarious in pretty much everything she was in in every scene. The cast worked well together. It was scary at times. But does this movie have flaws? Yeah, it does. And for me, it was mainly in the editing department. I felt the editing was a bit off in places and places uh, felt it was very disjointed between certain scenes. And I felt like there were there were scenes there that were cut out for time constraints. I'm pretty sure Sony came down and said, if it's over two hours, you need to trim it to two hours or less because it's just on that two hour, two hour limit. And it also falters from a weak villain. You know, and the problem with villains in, in film is that if you give them too much screen time, they, they overshadow the heroes. And if you give them less screen time, then they're very underdeveloped and underwhelming. And, and this villain kind of teeters on that borderline where he's in it more than most villains, but 
he really doesn't do much. So he's he's kind of underdeveloped. So he's kind of on that weak side. But overall, this film is great. I easily give it a 4.0 out of 5. Like I said, I probably would have given it higher if it wasn't for the editing. I'm, I'm a very stickler for, for editing in films, and I felt there's a lot of times where the editing just was not done well and was very disjointed at times. Uh, I, I think if you're a Ghost Prisoner fan, you'll be mildly amused with this film and, and will have a fun time. Just take off the uh, nostalgia glasses and put aside the childhood memories and see this for what it is. It's its own take on Ghostbusters. It's its own standalone Ghost Ghostbuster film. And I think it it is, uh, for me, the second best film. It's, you know, of course, not as good, good as the original, but it's a hell of a lot better than part two. And if anyone says that Harold Ramos is rolling over his grave because this movie is shit, don't forget he wrote Ghostbusters 2 with Dan Aykroyd. So there you have it. Like, subscribe, follow. I'm all over social media. This is Mike from Mike's House of Movies. You have a great day. And if you've seen the movie, tell me what you thought in the comments about uh, what you liked or didn't like about Ghostbusters 2016. Ciao.